1: This is They Will Kill, a true con podcast. Uh, I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And we're trying a new thing. We're going to be on YouTube now, guys. So it's a little, If this episode's a little awkward, because we're looking at each other for the first time. We don't usually do that. We usually turn off our cameras and don't look at each other. But turns out YouTube is where the big bucks are. And <laughs> since we're trying to stay ad-free on this audio only feed we're going for it yep. so if you want to see our faces head on over there to youtube.com <laughs>
0: <laughs> and find us we're we're going to be there we're going to see what happens yeah.
1: yeah and we asked you guys what you thought we looked like and somebody recently said that they thought i looked like courtney i courtney looked like myambeliac and you are so fucking right that was the best possible <laughs> guess Sadie kind of has butter b- blossom myambeliac hair but I definitely have a Mayan face. So come on over to YouTube and see for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, now that we've plugged that boringness, what do you have for us tonight, Sades?
0: Well, this is The Wichita Poet. For the story, <laughs> I relied heavily on a really great article titled The Poet, written by Corey Mead for Truly Adventurous. And I read that they... Um, Netflix just bought this article and are going to oh, do I I don't know if it'll be a movie or a documentary, but it's going to be good. Groovy. So 47 year old Ruth Finley lived in Wichita, Kansas with her husband, Ed. They considered themselves ordinary people, hard workers who were taught to take care of themselves and quote, that emotions were to be repressed. Tears were forbidden and calling attention to oneself was practically criminal. They wanted nothing more than to be remembered as modest, responsible people who were polite and caring. Ruth was a secretary for the Southwestern Bell Telephone Company, and Ed was an accountant for a construction firm. The pair spent their 20s and 30s raising their two sons, who then moved out of the house to start their own lives. Ruth and Ed had been married for more than 20 years and still enjoyed each other's company. The Finleys' lives would be turned upside down when Ed collapsed while doing yard work in June of 1977. Mm
1: -mm.
0: Ruth called for help, and her husband was rushed to the hospital. Doctors believed Ed had suffered a heart attack, but said he would make a full recovery. It turns out it wasn't a heart attack after all, but some complications from a previous injury. So Ruth stayed with Ed that first day until she was sure he was stable, and then she went home to try and get some sleep. Ruth wasn't accustomed to being home alone at night, and, to make matters worse, at that time, Wichita was being terrorized by the actions of the serial killer, known as BTK, who was still on the loose and very active. Uh He had killed six people at this point, and would go on to kill at least four more before being caught.
1: That motherfucker.
0: Ruth took the time to lock her windows and doors before trying her best to get some sleep. Before she could drift off, Ruth was startled by the sound of her phone ringing. Assuming it was the hospital, they would be the only ones who would call so late at night, she rushed to answer the phone, hoping Ed was still okay. But it was not the hospital. Quote, Instead of a nurse or doctor, Ruth heard an unfamiliar male voice on the line. Is this Ruth Smock from Fort Scott, Kansas? The question startled her. Smock was Ruth's maiden name, and she hadn't lived in Fort Scott for decades. Yes, it is she answered. I know all about that night. Hearing the low and ominous tone, Ruth didn't need to ask the man which night he meant. Ruth said the caller then began to read from an october fifteenth nineteen forty six article from the Fort Scott, Kansas Tribune Quote, Brandon on both thighs by hot flat iron, apparently by a sex maniac ruth smock 16 year old fort scott high school girl was resting today at the home of her parents following an attack upon her early last night uh-oh the caller then told ruth he worked in construction and had been tearing down an old house in fort scott where he found a number of old newspapers in the walls the article about ruth was among them he said if she didn't give him money he would tell every one of the attack she had suffered all those years ago
1: So, he's starting to tell people about an attack that she was
0: attacked? Yeah. So, she's Ruth Smock. That's her maiden name. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, and she's
1: like, Mrs. Repress Your Feelings, Repress Everything. That was their, that they don't like talking about things. Right. right? That's what you mentioned at the beginning of the article. Yeah. So,
0: this guy's calling her saying, hey, are you Ruth from these articles about the sex maniac attack? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. That's fucking weird and horrible. Right. Mm-hmm. yeah so the article about ruth was among the newspapers in the walls he said if she didn't give him money he would tell every one of the attacks she had suffered all those years ago quote i know where you work in october 1946 16 year old ruth had been attacked by an unknown man as she walked into her house after school he grabbed her from behind as she was walking in the back door she tried to fight him off as he tore at her clothes shoving her thumbs into his eyes
1: can it ruth
0: the last thing ruth remembered was the man heating a flat iron on the stove she woke up with first degree burns on both of her thighs Ugh. according to the newspaper articles of the time her attacker held a bottle of chloroform under her nose until she passed out when she woke up not only had she been branded but she had suffered knife wounds to her legs neck and face jesus her attacker was never found Unsure of what to do, Ruth went to sleep hoping the strange man would not call again. Ed would spend a week in the hospital before he was able to return home. During that week, Ruth said she feared another call would come in in the middle of the night, but none did. Hmm. Once Ed was back home, they fell back into the routine and things seemed to get back to normal. A few more weeks would pass when Ruth, while at work, received a letter with her name, quote, scrawled in a messy hand across the top. Inside the envelope was a 1946 newspaper clipping. The headline read, quote, sex maniac uses flat irons and branding local high school girl.
1: Ugh.
0: Terrified, she ripped up the clipping and threw it in the garbage. Fuck
1: this guy.
0: Over the next few months, the same unidentified man would call the house regularly. Ruth would always hang up after he said her name. She didn't want to hear what else he had to say. On the few occasions when Ed would answer the phone, he would only hear silence and then a dial tone. Ruth hoped if they ignored the calls, they would simply stop. Two months after the first call, in August of 1977, Ruth was window shopping in downtown Wichita when a man came up beside her. At first Ruth said she was distracted and hadn't noticed the man, but then he spoke to her saying, quote, "You've done such a good job working this week. Mm-hmm. You can take the weekend off."
1: Fuck this guy.
0: Oh. Yeah. Ruth looked at the man, doing her best to remember as many details of him as she could. She described him as being in his late 40s, 5 foot 9 and skinny, with a plaid sport shirt, jeans and white canvas shoes. She said he had black hair that was gray at the temples. The man kept talking, asking her if she was an operator at the telephone company, and then told her he recently won money in Las Vegas. Would she like to join him there sometime?
1: What? The, what? This guy, what is this guy? This guy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't get, I don't get him. No. I don't get his jive. I don't get his slick to his jive. What do they, <laughs> what they say? What they say? This is
0: like the 70s, so
1: i, I mean he's know. clearly trying to blackmail her but what a fucking weirdo yeah super weird thing is
0: weird spooked ruth started to walk away but the man followed her this time he said quote, the camera reflects the true quality of one's soul <sighs> ruth who was feeling annoyed at this point told the man she was waiting for her husband he responded are you still married when Ruth failed to respond the man's tone grew menacing I like your face I'll see you again you can count on that Some people's fantasies are other people's nightmares
1: this, What? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I part ways with the, with people when I run into them at the shops right Some people's fantasies are other people's nightmares have a good day
0: <laughs> Steve. Goodbye Fuck the man then walked away. Later in the day Ruth told Ed about the man. Ed tried to reassure her by saying it was probably just a stranger trying to pick her up. <laughs> That's good pickup line. Ruth Ruth I like wasn't your face.
1: <laughs> see it again. Nightmare fantasy.
0: <laughs> Ruth wasn't so sure. <sighs> as the months passed it seemed as if maybe Ed had been right. For nearly a year Ruth did not hear from or see the strange man again. Ruth started to believe the unwelcome calls were over, and she began to move on with her life. But in June of 1978, Ruth was once again shopping in downtown Wichita. As she was walking through an alley to get to one of the shops, she felt someone reach out and grab her wrist. When she looked up, it was the man from the year before. He yelled, Ruth, get back here, you stupid bitch, and talk to me. That escalated very quickly. (laughs) Yes. Ruth managed to free herself from the man's grip and ran across the street into Macy's. She rode the escalator up to the fifth floor, hoping to lose the man, and called Ed for help. When Ed arrived, she told him what happened, and for the first time, she told him about the phone calls. Ed was deeply concerned for his wife and insisted they go to the police. He went to the nearest police station and filed a police report, but the authorities did nothing to follow up. A few months later, Ruth received a letter in the mail with her name written on the front in tall black letters. When she opened it, she found a single sheet of paper with the words, quote, fuck you, fuck the police, fuck the telephone company. <laughs> scribbled at the top.
1: Signed DMX. <laughs> what the fuck? Did you say fuck the telephone company? Yes. <laughs> oh
0: my God. <laughs> shouldn't be laughing i'm sure it's very scary <laughs> oh, God. no no yeah definitely not
1: the fog <laughs> this guy
0: the writer told her to give him money or he would hurt ruth when ed came home ruth showed him the letter and, and ed insisted they visit the police again and show them the letter this time
1: so just this guy's like an
0: early troll it sounds like seems like it yeah stalkery trolly. yeah like just how old to is fuck she with, how old is Ruth in her for her late 40s mid to late 40s like 46 I think wow yeah okay so this time when they went to the Wichita police department they were directed to the office of one of their detectives who was working on the BTK case because BTK was known for also sending letters, authorities didn't want to take any chances, and wanted to be sure Ruth wasn't being stalked by Wichita's most horrible serial killer.
1: Ugh, oh, fucking actual chills, dude! Think <laughs> yeah. that maybe BTK was targeting you? Maybe there's even the slightest right? chance. Yes, no. calling your no. house, mm-hmm. no, grabbing your wrist,
0: Ugh, God. calling you nightmare fantasy, no. So, Ruth told the detective about the calls and being approached on the street, and they showed him the letter. At this point, the detective was underwhelmed by Ruth's story and didn't believe it had any connection to BTK, so decided not to pursue it any further. Oh, what a shocker. Mm-hmm. The next week, Ruth received another letter. This one read, quote, I can tell if anybody is watching me. Don't be a dumb bitch again and blow this. God. I will try to be your friend, but when you are a dumb bitch, I don't like you. This time you talk to me when I call you. He then demanded a $100 and finished the letter with a poem. Wherever you go on water or land, you still got to pay or I tell about your brand. I am smart and... <laughs> this is very serious. <laughs> I'm Sorry. <laughs> I am smart and know things to do. You talk to people I despise, like police lieutenant and telespies. (laughs) 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 After this letter, more and more letters started to show up in the Finley's mailbox. Each one became more indecipherable, filled with misspellings and abbreviations and rare tongue twisting words. The writer would often mention Ruth's brands. He wanted to see them. Mm -mm. Ed would bring each letter to the police station, who would have them processed for fingerprints. Ruth started to type up copies of the letters to make them easier for detectives to read. The phone calls continued as well. When Ed answered the phone, there was usually only a dial tone, but on a few occasions, he would hear a man ask for Ruth and then hang up. But once again, the letters and calls slowed and then stopped altogether, and the couple hoped this was the end. Seriously. But on November 21st, 1978, Ruth was once again shopping downtown. It was a cold, rainy day, and Ruth was in a hurry to finish up her errands and go home. As she started to cross North Market Street, her way was suddenly blocked by a blue-green 1964 Chevrolet Bel Air inside the car ruth saw the man from her previous run-ins she looked around for help but the street was empty before she could run the man jumped out of the car and asked have you got my money he then kicked ruth and as she folded over in pain he grabbed her and shoved her into the back seat of the car no he then climbed in next to her and slammed the door Mm -mm. once inside the car ruth saw a man on the driver's side drinking from a bottle in a brown bag her abductor called him buddy. She was unable to escape the car because the door handle was broken. She remembered the car being trashed with a gas can, pieces of concrete and chains and rags on the floorboards. The car's rear left window was covered with plastic and the torn up dashboard was crisscrossed with white tape to help hold it together. Her abductor took Ruth's purse and found her money and her safe deposit key inside. And he cried out, we struck it rich. But Ruth said his mood turned grim as he came across the police detective's business card, which he showed to the man driving the car. Cursing, the abductor picked up a chunk of concrete and slammed it into Ruth's head. No. Quote, you damn stupid bitch, he said. Dazed, Ruth collapsed in her seat. They drove around for hours. Buddy made one stop at the Twin Lakes Shopping Center and talked about Sears' inability to properly fix his car. During the stop, her abductor said, we'll get rid of her, but not here. Night was falling as Buddy continued driving around the city. Do you like beer? Ruth's abductor asked. We'll get some beer and have a party. I'll be real nice to you. What the fuck, dude? Eventually, Ruth found the courage to speak and told the men she had to pee. When they laughed at her, she forced herself to gag and told them she was going to be sick if they didn't let her out to pee. They finally agreed to pull over at a small park before the men let ruth out of the car they made her remove her shoes and sweater so she wouldn't run away as they walked ruth's abductor said this is going to be fun i'll watch you and you'll watch me doesn't that sound like fun ruth barefoot and cold dug her hand inside her purse until she found a can of mace which she had had well hidden when they reached a small pond the man let go of ruth's arm saying he would pee first as he unzipped his fly, Ruth took out the can of mace and pressed the nozzle.
1: Yeah, girl! Get it! Get him in the dickhole! <laughs>
0: <laughs> right up in there. <laughs> she should have maced his dick hole. <sighs> Ugh. The man collapsed, coughing as Ruth bolted off into the park. She found a place to hide, but could still hear the man. He yelled to her, saying, You'll freeze if we leave you here. Come get your shoes and coat and we won't bother you anymore. After hiding in the cold dark for more than an hour, she decided to risk it and ran for a liquor store near the park. Once inside, she asked the clerk to call the police and told them she'd been abducted. Ruth was brought to the police station where Ed, who had been frantic since her work had reported her missing hours earlier, met her. Still clutching the mace in her hand, she told authorities what had happened to her. The kidnappers had stolen Ruth's $315 paycheck and a $100 U.S. savings bond detectives also started to worry that ruth might in fact be the target of the btk strangler after all because of overlapping keywords used in btk's letters and the letters received by ruth no way the next day detectives drove to the park where ruth had escaped they found ruth's shoes and sweater and traced her footprints but no other clues were found a check of every 1964 chevy bel air in the city was also done but no suspects came from their search For the next five weeks, police trailed Ruth hoping to spot her stalker. They also drove 155 miles east to Fort Scott for a two-day investigation into the assault committed when Ruth was a teenager, hoping to uncover a possible suspect, but nothing came from their time there. Hoping the stalker would call in, the lead detective on Ruth's case participated in a radio talk show where he told her strange tale. Ruth was in the studio so she could hear anyone who might call in during the radio show, but no one sounded familiar to her. Mm, boo! No, you'd think he would definitely take that bait. Fuck yeah, dumb dumb. The guy sucks. Indus, de- dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. In December, the lead detective received a letter from Ruth's attacker accusing the detective of, quote, protecting a whore from death. Detective said he was enraged. Quote, he felt that Ruth was a good, kind woman and his inability to find her attacker was proving a source of deep frustration. Meanwhile, Ed would spend his nights hidden in their backyard with his 10-gauge shotgun, hoping his wife's stalker would make the mistake and try to enter their house.
1: Poor Ed.
0: Poor no, everybody. I mean, no. No one ever came. Months passed and the letters continued becoming more sexual and violent. One read, quote, the whore bore her guilt in her bed of slime from selling her ass and not charging a dime slept with strangers in evil bed enraged demon hunters saw blood was red all (laughs) (laughs) all bitches should keep their names and faces secret (laughs) but once again the letter stopped and after a month ruth thought they could move on no ruth don't get comfortable i know (laughs) on august 13th 1979 she decided to go shopping on her own for the first time in months ed was worried about her but she insisted she would be fine after she was done with her shopping she headed back to her car before she could get in she heard a man call out to her from behind hey ruth i didn't know you were going to make this so easy
1: Mm.
0: when she turned around she recognized the man who had kidnapped her one year earlier she ran Mm -hmm. for her car but before she could unlock the door The man came up from behind and grabbed her wrist and shoved her head against the window. Get in, he ordered. He threw a brown paper shopping bag through the partially opened rear window onto the back seat. The bag held clothesline rope, white tape, a red bandana, and a half-empty bottle of wine. We'll go to a nice little place where it says keep out, he said.
1: We're like two, three years into this stocking. Yes, so much
0: stocking. Poor, poor Ruth. Ruth managed to break free from her attacker. As she tried to run, he pulled out an eight-inch boning knife. No, thank you. And stabbed her twice in the back and once in the side. Ah. On the third stab, Ruth felt the man lose his grip, and she made it inside her car. Yes. She locked the doors and started to roll up the window. The man tried to reach in and grab Ruth, but got his hand stuck. As he pulled his hand out of the window, a brown glove was left behind.
1: Fuck you, dude. Mm -hmm.
0: Ruth, who still had the knife sticking out of her side, managed to drive away. Oh, no. No. No.
1: Fuck that. Good for her for knowing not to take it out, but no. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -mm. Feeling woozy from her wounds, Ruth pulled over at the gas station and called police. Once at the hospital, authorities were stunned by the size of the knife still sticking from Ruth's side. Doctors found deep gashes on Ruth's back and left arm and a two-inch deep wound where the knife had been lodged. The doctors later told Ruth that if the knife had gone any deeper, it would have likely killed her.
1: I, I mean, God, bless America. There's a lot of people that, that would have just gone straight through to the other side of that person. Yeah, eight inches is a lot of inches how long is a human hand
0: like a f- well a foot's a foot right yeah foot's a foot A hand hands foot. almost a foot. foot so it's about a hand <laughs> yeah. right
1: that's about a hand
0: that's fucking gnarly no gnarly ruth remained in the hospital for nine days the day after she was released a nurse told police that a man fitting the description of ruth's attacker had visited the nurse's station to inquire <laughs> about her Mm-mm. Mm-mm. detectives were sure that was her attacker and staked out the finley's home for the next 48 hours hoping he would show up there too but he never did fuck desperate for this to end ed decided to leave messages to ruth's assailant in the local newspaper hoping to draw him out he called the man the poet in the ads after that letters sent to ruth were signed the poet and media caught on to the name as well I roll, I roll, I roll. I know. The poet also started to respond to Ed's newspaper ads with his own. In these ads, he called Ruth, quote, the seventh and hardest to find, Mm. raising further speculation that he might be the BTK strangler. In October, the Eagle Beacon newspaper revealed that the poet had been sending them taunting letters for the past six months. The paper also printed a composite sketch of the poet, resulting in 25 calls from local citizens who said they had seen or knew the man in the sketch. But once again, the tips never led police to a suspect.
1: How hard can it be? I mean, how many people live in Wichita? Like 50,000 or something?
0: <laughs> like 50. In
1: the 70s? Yes. <laughs> right. get, get him. Get him. Ooh. Seriously,
0: just go to every door and see if the guy is stupid and <laughs> <laughs> He's there. Ugh. Jesus. I guess it took them a while to catch BTK, so. Right. Yeah, I'm getting bigger. the impression that the Wichita police is the brightest bunch in the barrel. Mm hmm. Maybe not equipped for two potential murderers right. on the loose. Yep. So the poet started stalking the Finlays house. One morning, Ruth found a letter on their front porch, and at night, loud noises would come from their garage quote a fucked up childhood causes anger and hate the poet wrote players of games are forced to wait in 1980 a new detective took over ruth's case and started his investigation with new eyes over the past two years ed and ruth had become friends with the officers on their case and it became personal for many of them this new detective didn't share that same relationship with a couple, and after looking over Ruth's file, he wondered if maybe Ed or Ruth were the ones responsible for the stalking. <gasps> Say it isn't so. No. No. But he quickly changed his mind after reading the medical report, which established firmly that Ruth couldn't have stabbed herself with such force at that angle. Ugh. Yeah. Everyone reassured the new detective that Ed was a good man and was completely devoted to Ruth. He would never hurt her.
1: Oh, God, I don't like where this is going.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, poor Ed. Meanwhile, the poet quickly took note of the change in command, writing a letter that began with the line, There was once a captain who had an asshole for a heart. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. (laughs) 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 On Christmas Eve. (laughs) Sorry, we don't have to move on yet. Paint such a picture. (laughs) (laughs) On Christmas Eve, 1980, the Finley's phone lines were cut. Quote, on January 25th, 1980, Ruth reported an afternoon phone call at work from the poet who told her he had left a surprise in her office lobby. When detectives arrived, they found a 12-inch butcher knife wrapped mm. in a red bandana in the lobby's phone booth. Ugh. Two witnesses reported seeing a man at the phone booth who resembled the police sketch of the poet. Quote, Shut your eyes and think of the 12-inch blade, the poet wrote Ruth. Will you remember the hole it made? Dream of me and obey my commands. Think of me with a knife in my hands. F- no thank you. Nope, <laughs> nope. The frequency of the letters increased again after this, and police became increasingly frustrated by their lack of suspects. They decided to put Ruth in a bulletproof vest and have her go shopping by herself while undercover officers kept a close eye on her. They hoped this would draw the poet out, but it failed to produce any new leads. The poet continued to send letters and started to send them to various businesses in Wichita as well. A funeral home received a letter telling them to reach out to Ruth because she would need their services soon. No! Quote, Letters to the gas and electric company instructed them to turn off the Finley's utilities. The health department was told that Ruth was spreading venereal disease. A construction company was solicited to tear up the Finley's driveway. And the DMV was asked to confiscate Ruth's license because of her hazardous and dangerous driving habits
1: oh my god
0: Ruth's bank was ordered to transfer all of her money out of her account and a local florist received a five dollar bill with a request that one black flower be sent to Ruth (laughs) this guy
1: god yeah like a blitzkrieg of horribleness
0: yeah Copies of the poet's letters were sent to a prominent psycholinguist at Syracuse University, who wrote a profile stating that the poet was quote, clearly and severely psychotic, virulently pathological, schizophrenic, extremely dangerous, and wily and elusive quarry, mm. and also a loner. It's <laughs> a very like that's some language the guy's that's using. S-
1: speaking of poet, right? I know he's
0: probably the one who's doing it. Son of a bitch. <laughs> He also said that while the style and pathology of the poet and the BTK Strangler were highly similar, he did not believe they were the same person. Hmm. The poet became even more bold, leaving an ice pick and a bottle of urine on the Finley's front porch, followed here. by a bag of feces. Get out of here! He, f- he left Molotov cocktails and broken glass on the Finley steps, broke the lock on their gate, and sliced their garden hose how have we not gotten this guy i don't know god he lit he left firecrackers cigarettes hair matches and trash in their mailbox Uh -uh. ruth found a rock wrapped in a red bandana in their backyard along with a pair of wire cutters i'm exhausted i know we're getting there
1: no i mean i'm not even ruth and i'm fucking exhausted exhausting it's so much
0: stuff so intense At Christmas, a wreath hanging outside the front window was set on fire. In March, the poet wrote that he was going to kill Ruth at the St. Patrick's Day parade, and on April Fool's Day, pieces of concrete were flung on the Findlay's front porch. But neither the neighbors nor Ruth and Ed saw anything suspicious. Hmm. Months would tick by. At this point, nearly four years had passed since the poet had started contacting Ruth. God. The Wichita chief of police had stayed out of the investigation for all those years, trusting his men could handle it. But that would change after the poet wrote him. (laughs) Wait, what? 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 It's It's like,
1: yeah, you guys got it. It's
0: fine. Four years of relentless stalking. Yeah. Jesus. Yep. But that would change after the poet wrote him a personal letter saying after he killed Ruth, the chief's wife would be next. The poet then mentioned the kind of car she drove and the path she drove home from work every day. What a son of a bitch. This personal attack made the chief very angry and he decided to look into the case himself. He took the case files back to his house and spent the weekend pouring over the vast amount of information collected over the years. Mm -hmm. By the time he finished, he was sure he knew who the poet was.
1: Mm -hmm. Tell me, please
0: on friday september 11th 1981 the chief of police called a private meeting with detectives who'd been working on the case once they had gathered he didn't mince words and told the group that the poet was none other than ruth finley herself no come on no he pointed out that there were never any witnesses to any of the crimes despite ruth's claims that they had been committed in public places the finleys lived on a dead-end street with little traffic Yet none of the neighbors or station police officers had ever spotted the poet. Mm-mm. Nor were any extra sets of footprints ever discovered. Mm-hmm. The only set of footprints found at the park where Ruth said she escaped from the poet were hers. Mm-mm. She also said that she had been hit over the head with concrete that day but had no visible injuries. Fuck. The poet knew details of the investigation that only Ruth, Ed, and a few select officers knew. Uh The letters and newspaper ads would stop any time Ruth and Ed were on vacation, only to start (sighs) up again once they were home. (laughs) (laughs) And as soon as surveillance cameras were set up in the backyard, the poet stopped leaving things there. Mm -hmm. the chief of police said the only other explanation would be ed but he firmly believed ed was not involved in any way ruth why ruth Ruth, why (laughs) (laughs) ruth
1: get a day, get another day job get it get it get it (laughs) get Get out of it get out of there (laughs)
0: The officers at the meeting decided to do two weeks of round-the-clock undercover surveillance of the Finleys to see if they could prove that Ruth was in fact the poet, although many of the officers couldn't believe it to be true. Mm -hmm. Ruth was just too kind, too helpful, and ordinary. Mm-hmm. when the surveillance began one car and a helicopter followed ruth and ed wherever they went <laughs> we were talking about this the other day yes. right yes. Like, how do you not notice the helicopter
1: yeah that is not a low-key surveillance that's a just straight up out in the open we're gonna get you we're on top of you surveillance right it's yeah yeah no
0: <laughs> like, unless you're
1: really 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 far away but then what's the point i guess well
0: and maybe there's like just a lot of helicopters in wichita we're just not aware of it heavy helicopter traffic there (laughs) no (laughs)
1: like well we get we've been riding horses for all these years (laughs) what should we upgrade to (laughs) fuck tons of helicopters just get like 70
0: helicopters (laughs) They had cameras, police, police had cameras with long range lenses focused on mail drop boxes near the Finley's home, hoping to see what mail they might be sending. It would take a few days, but soon enough, officers watched as Ed pulled up to one of these mailboxes where Ruth then placed mail into the slot. Mm. After they drove off, a postal inspector was called to open the box and the mail was brought to the post office where the detectives could take a closer look. Sure enough... Amongst bills and personal letters from the Finleys was a letter from the poet. Mm -hmm. The only problem was they couldn't be a hundred percent sure that Ruth had been the one to put the letter in the mailbox. So they continued their surveillance. Mm -hmm. The next time Ruth put mail in the box, the officers waited for them to drive away and then they blocked the mailbox. So no one else could use it. Yeah. This time they found four letters from the Finleys grouped together on top of the pile a utility company bill, a payment to J.C. Penney's, a personal letter, and a poet letter addressed to Ruth.
1: Dun, dun, dun!
0: This gave them what they needed to dig into the Finlay's life a little more. Oh, Ruth. Detectives got permission from Ruth's boss to search her office at the telephone company, where they found a book of poetry, a sheet of torn carbon paper with the poem's handwriting on it, and a red bandana wrapped in a used yellow Kleenex in Ruth's desk. Mm -hmm. they also found torn pieces of tablet paper covered with the poet's writing in Ruth's trash can authorities brought Ed in for questioning and after two hours officers firmly believed he wasn't involved but hadn't yet told him about their suspicions about Ruth when they told Ed they knew who the poet was they said he lit up and had a joyful expression on his face and said quote I hope the hell you do let's go get him (sighs) Poor Poor Ed. Ed. They then showed Ed pictures of Ruth dropping off the letters and told him amongst those letters were ones from the poet. Mm
1: -hmm. They
0: also told him about the evidence they'd found in Ruth's office. And Ed only responded by whispering, oh my God. No, Ed. Poor Ed. Ed. They asked Ed to take a polygraph test to confirm he wasn't involved and he agreed. Ed passed the test easily. Mm -hmm. after the test ed allowed the detectives to search his home where they found more evidence that ruth had planned everything Mm. after the search of his home ed told police he was relieved if ruth was the poet then it meant no one was after her and she was safe oh (laughs) Oh, ed (laughs) my heart i know he said that was the only thing that mattered to him god (laughs)
1: yeah i would i would fuck poor ed poor ed No.
0: when they brought ruth in for questioning they took it slow had her tell them about her life and upbringing and then mentioned that it was possible either she or ed could be the poet ruth calmly responded quote, we've discussed that we've said you know they probably suspect one of us the detective then asked ruth if she ever wrote any of the letters and she said no He then called her a liar, and Ruth was shocked by his sudden change of attitude. Mm -hmm. The police had always been so kind to her. When he pulled out the evidence against her, Ruth knew the ruse was over. When asked why she did it, she only responded with, I don't know. (laughs) She insisted the attack when she was a teenager was real, but admitted she had been responsible for everything the poet had done, including the abduction and stabbing. Ruth would later explain that she took the bus to the park and left her sweater and shoes there for the police to find. She said the memories she had were fuzzy, and she didn't feel like it was really her who had done all those terrible things, mm-hmm. and that the memories felt like they belonged to someone else. Ruth said Ed never knew a thing. Quote, There is not a nicer person anywhere than he is, she insisted. I can never face him again. I wish I was dead. <laughs> oh, God. Poor Ruth. Poor poor everybody. everybody.
1: Why, Ruth? Why? Who didn't love you enough? What do you need? How many hugs can we give you? She
0: needs so much. Ruth agreed to go to St. Joseph's Hospital and was placed under 24-hour-a-day psychiatric watch while authorities decided if they would press charges or not. The case had cost the police department more than $370,000, which is over a million dollars today oh man mm-hmm. the chief of police who was still fucking pissed <laughs> uh-huh. wanted to press charges against ruth
1: well if you'd gotten in there sooner it would have saved you a lot of money seriously guy. i know Get, four just... years god take a take an afternoon and fucking review the case right. buddy you could have <laughs> wrapped this right up
0: seriously like guys you meant there were no footprints like case it's closed
1: kind of the job of the chief of police is a big one but You're in Wichita and you've got like one like rampant fucking psychotic stalker just Mm -hmm. terrorizing this family Mm -hmm. for four years.
0: Well, the media, a year. Yeah, it was like it was BTK in this case during that time. You know, the media was all over it and the pressure was huge to solve it. You'd think he would have stepped in quicker than four years. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like, I know he's busy with BTK. That is a big (laughs) old fucking plateful. Yes. But yeah, if Mm -hmm. you have any suspicions that there's somebody else or the same guy or something like mm-hmm.
0: yeah yep Eesh. so the chief of police wanted to press charges against ruth but after reviewing ruth's psychological report the sedwick county district attorney announced he would not be pursuing criminal prosecution mm-hmm. because her actions as the poet were quote not malicious mm-hmm. i mean only malicious towards her own self yeah yeah yes like So Ruth released a statement which read, I think I may have died and gone to hell, she said. I think I'm coming back, though, thanks to the kind nursing staff and doctors at Wesley Medical Center Psychiatric Unit and an understanding family who stood by me, especially Ed and my loyal and dependable sister, Jean. I'm equally grateful to the fine officers of the Wichita Police Department, who in the end saved me from either a mental breakdown or my own self-destruction. Mm -hmm. it's been a nightmare for all involved ruth began seeing a therapist twice a week after being released from the hospital at first she painted a picture of a normal childhood but as she dug deeper she realized her upbringing had been full of anger and violence she would eventually tell her therapist about her experience as a little girl of being tied up with a red bandana by an adult neighbor and family friend who then took her to his barn and shoved the bandana in her mouth as he sexually abused her oh, buddy. the abuse continued for more than a year causing ruth to feel deep shame mm-hmm. anytime the neighbor would come to visit ruth would try to flee but would be punished by her parents for being rude only making her situation more confusing and painful yeah. during the abuse ruth would disassociate and have the feeling of floating over her body while being raped yep her doctors believe ruth had repressed these traumas so that trauma and then the, uh, the, the attack when she was 16 yep. for more than 40 years but they started to come to the surface after ed collapsed and was taken to the hospital Ruth dealt with this by creating the poet. Mm -hmm. She would spend the next seven years in therapy. Ed and their children stuck by Ruth through it all. Eventually, Ruth felt ready to tell her story and was interviewed by a local news station. Her hope was it would help other survivors. After the segment aired, the outpouring from viewers was overwhelmingly positive, which helped Ruth heal further. Good. Yeah. She said she felt as if all her hard work helped her triumph over her abuse, and she was able to achieve the stability she had always been seeking. Ruth Finley died on May thirtieth, 2019, at the age of 89. According to her obituary, Ruth enjoyed knitting and donated hats and scarves to U.S. troops in Afghanistan, and volunteered to translate textbooks into Braille after learning code
1: nice yeah
0: ed died on january 7th 2011 at the age of 82 he stuck by ruth until the end being the loyal and loving husband he'd always been oh my god no Ugh. ruth was so lucky to have him seriously oh <sighs> and there you go there that is the story of the wichita poet Lordy, good God, Lord! <laughs> the mind is a real motherfucker, isn't I know. it? What I've, the fuck? No, I wanted to dig into more of like why, how, like how did she stab herself? She must have fallen onto it. Yeah. That's all I
1: could think about when you were telling the story. She had to have
0: fallen onto it. Or just, I think that oh. if you look at pictures of her, she is so unassuming. She's yeah. like your typical 1970s 46 year old woman like
1: yeah we can all picture her so clearly yeah with right? the
0: hairdo the perm mm-hmm, like the updos mm-hmm. and stuff like it's just it's no wonder yep that they just were like no sh-. like no <laughs> she's not going to be doing this to herself
1: <laughs> no especially back then i mean now i think it's far more clear what people are capable of doing to themselves to their children to their close associates, you know, stalking, trolling. It's Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) there's this annoying guy on TikTok that Sadie and our best friend and I are just, he's just so condescending. He just thinks he's God's gift to women. Mm -hmm. And she was begging us to comment on it. And I've just like (laughs) promised myself that I'm not going to troll people as badly as I want to. I just like cannot do it. I can't, I can't. It's just not putting anything good out into the world. But damn it
0: it's really hard not to maybe we just need to start trolling our own damn selves
1: (laughs) (laughs) exercise it yeah see that's what she was doing like i guess if you create this environment where you're constantly unsafe then maybe you feel better or maybe if you create the threat other people can't create it for you you know like nope the stocking card is full like my (laughs) stocking card has been filled for my life so you can't come and stalk me and hurt me seriously
0: you know what i mean yeah like well yeah i think she definitely was creating a way to have attention and mm -hmm. um protection and yeah you know she would feel better and stop doing it then she would feel bad and start doing it again i'm yeah you know it gives her a hot like Everybody needs a hobby, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And having the police constantly paying attention to you and, mm-hmm. like, actually watching you and mm-hmm. answering your call when you call and stuff.
0: Yeah, it seems like they really Whoa. cared about her. Yeah. Yeah. They said in the article, um, I didn't talk about it, but that she, when, during therapy, started to do, like, write poetry as mm-hmm. a way of like working through her past Mm -hmm. and uh that really helped her but it's like just be it just do poetry ruth like write some poems some totally she's got some weird shit
1: in there too like you just need to exercise it right like online erotic weird (laughs) you know (laughs) like murder fiction or whatever it's called like you've got Mm -hmm. yeah let it out kiddo Mm
0: -hmm.
1: feel a lot better poor thing I'm no. really glad she got help. I'm really glad they didn't prosecute her.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad Ugh. that guy didn't actually exist because he's like creepy and I, know, I was really like, what bad the at stalking. And- M
1: O. Like, what is he getting at? What does he want to achieve? Yeah. This is a very weird series of events. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: like, yeah. So I read yeah. the article at first. I was like, my mind was blown, and then I reread it, and I was like, oh, Ruth. Oh, Ruth. Oh, my God. I Don't believe it. Yeah. I knew. Yeah.
1: Never fucking fails. Well, good one, poor Ruth. But no. that'll make a hell of a movie. Yeah, hell of a docuseries. series. They can't do it better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> Got your work cut out for you guys. Um. Well, I my computer is like weirdly low. I don't. Sadie and I had a fucked, fuck, fuck bucket full of technical yeah. difficulties before uh we started my, this i know my batteries dying on me too okay so i think we have to choose names or shouty outies well, we tonight. have like 18 shouty outies too holy <laughs> shit so let's get let's, let's do, do some shouty outies okay. yes let's to. do some of those some of these people have been waiting very patiently too
0: right, i have to open up my other computer that's the other my computer died now i have like three computers none of yeah. them are working right uh thank you so much to elisa b Alisa,
1: baby, 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 Alisa, baby, 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 Bahamania, <laughs> Bahamania, come down to Elisa Bahamania. <laughs> it's the hottest nightclub in the strip. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you so much to Lee S. Lease, lease, lace, Lee Lease <laughs> Lee S. Lee, lease. is yep. that what I'm Lee, saying? Lee, Lee S. Lees, lease. Lease. lease me alone. Lease <laughs> me. Listen to me. <laughs> I have something to tell you about Lee, <laughs> Louisiana. <laughs> I love it there. I go down there and I get lease on Lee, an apartment. Lee
0: S is from <laughs> Australia.
1: Well, well, in Australia, they have lease. i think about so
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> least you can't, amount of uh,
1: <gasps> unattractive people in the world, yeah. including Lee S, including Lee S. Mm. Good you one, go to Lee, <laughs> Lee Louisiana, though. Each other a lot, like once a year. Are you so ready? Clint and Lee Kyle, Lee Kyle, Lee Kyle live. <laughs> you can all hang out together.
0: Oh, uh, thank you so much to Olga B.
1: I'm gonna fucking kill myself. <laughs> no,
0: <it was> so <laughs> <cool>. <laughs>
1: like Dorothea, Olga. I always can't remember Dorothea. Who else do we have last week? Meredith. Do we have a Meredith or something? Probably yes. yes. Meredith. Yeah. Yes. These are the names that make me mad that my name is Courtney because it's such a beautiful name. You get to walk around with the name Olga. Hello, yes. I'm Olga. I. How can I help you? Would you like me to fucking make a sculpture for you? Because I can. Because I can do whatever I want. I can That's do right. everything because I'm Olga. <laughs> Olga. Uh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. I drive a classic car. Yeah, I know you do. Olga. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to tell me. I. Uh, where'd you get these shoes? Oh, well, they're $700 Parisian fucking you know, Mary Janes, but I thrifted them. I know you did Olga. I already <laughs> know that don't. about That's you. right.
0: <sighs> uh, thank you so much to Andrea B.
1: Andrea B B B, 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 and on the town, being on the town, on the town every time. And Andrea B, and I, oh, the best one being the best one on the town. Andrea B, <laughs> I am the bad bitch. <laughs> seven percent battery okay Who's we're next? going
0: uh thank you so much to katie
1: r just you know katie r i'm not rushing this i'm not katie rushing this because i want to give you katie respect that you deserve the katie res- rockin sauce ass <laughs> shout out that you deserve i want to give right. you the katie r- rambo Town. rambo stambo fucking <laughs> jambo that is you katie r amazing rock 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 <laughs> she is our rock katie our rock <laughs> rambo stambo jambo
0: and last but not least no thank you so much to gustavo m
1: <laughs> you can't give me an olga and give me a gustavo i have
0: to man i don't i don't pick them.
1: We really have a listener named Gustavo. We really do. Yes, we really do. This is not fake.
0: No.
1: You really are named Gustavo. Yes. Oh, well, how nice of you to take time out of being like a castle prince in fucking (laughs) Romania or Croatia, obviously. I don't know that, that that's the origin of the name Gustavo, but that's clearly where you live with the name Gustavo. And you have fucking hounds. You have... My (laughs) you have (laughs) leather. Everything is leathery. Like, that really kind of smells really fucking good. And you smell good. Mm -hmm. And you have a booming voice that's also like honey wine or whatever. (laughs) It's honey wine. Thanks. Thank you, Gustavo. Thank you. Everybody. Please charter a jet for me to come hang out with you. Seriously. And Lee's would like to come too, because Lee's. Um, on the after Lou, Lou Lee's Louisiana would like to stop by your castle
0: <laughs> with me. Well, that's all we got. Uh, that's awesome. Maybe right, we have I'll more. Ne- we'll do next, more next week. Yes, but.
1: we'll do more next week and I have a fuck ton of names so keep them yes. coming and we'll just have a name-stravaganza. Yes. Ruth ran a little long today but we will get to those names. <laughs> I can't wait to say them with my mouth out loud. <laughs> Thank you guys. Keep them coming. Yes, And... Um. Yeah, we'll talk about our lives and stuff too next time. Yeah, we'll just that looks pretty cool. Watch the Tommy and Tommy Lee and Pam show. That's great. Okay,
0: I need to watch that. I got over my COVID.
1: Yes, COVID's gone. COVID's
0: gone from the house.
1: Yep, I bought a new. Ooh, I had bought a new couch online. Mm. Side on, or say we talked about this. I think did we say on Patreon? Anyway, mm-hmm. I bought a couch on Facebook Marketplace. Gorgeous, humongous, forty-four inch deep leather sofa of my dreams failed to ask if they were smokers <gasps>
0: you haven't told i didn't tell me you this, this. yes no. I d- we didn't
1: ask if they were smokers shows oh, up no. smells like a fucking hotel smells like a dirty ass dank ass dirty hotel oh my god i'm like whatever we'll figure it out it wasn't like so bad that we couldn't sit on it at first but we put like blankets down and stuff and it still sort of gave you a mild headache by the end of the night i have a product you guys worked like a gd charm what is anybody it's uh, something i found online it's called like guizos (laughs) spray i mean it really has like a funny name um let me pull it up real quick for the people but it i got that giant ass smoke couch clean it actually smells like leather that's how well this thing works i know it was called griot's garage (laughs) Griot's Garage Scent Restoring Leather Cleaner Buy it immediately Just Stone. smoke it On on your couch In Just your house Pick up a up smoking smoke. Habit mm-hmm. Smoke in your car Smoke in a leather Jacket and then Buy the stuff And be amazed It's good. Remarkable Good um, Otherwise Life is good Sadie's life is good And If you want to Come see us On Facebook Instagram Twitter Or YouTube <gasps> You can find us At They Will Kill YouTube, I don't know how soon that'll be up, but we're definitely... Well, it is up. That's not true. It is up. We don't know how soon it'll be up with our faces. Right. This is an extra step that we have to do. We
0: will see how this works.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's an experiment. Um, But there's stuff over there, too. You can go find us at They Will Kill. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com. You can email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe, please. Yes, please. Somebody did recently. Yes, you are... Our chosen sister, too. Always.
0: Always. Thank you, A.J. Bergantz, for our music. Thank you, A.J. And remember, Mm. don't stalk your own self. (laughs) Don't sock
1: your own self. And in fact, you know what you should do is make a vision board, because vision board updates, that shit fucking works, you guys. Yeah, man. I really feel
0: like a shift, like a serious shift. Yep. Yeah. Ryan got me a really beautiful planner for Christmas Mm -hmm. and I realized that my day is pretty much the same I do the same stuff most days I don't really need a planner but I've used it like a journal and every day I write in it and I like what I want to do and what I want to achieve and nice uh, it's pretty awesome just like having a place to write down like this is what I want for my future I feel like it's definitely setting things into motion definitely and I'm more motivated in general
1: yeah absolutely exactly and i'll i have the vision board hanging up in my house like the lady told me i had to do on tiktok and i go up to it every day and i just hang out with it That's it's awesome like, what's up friend <laughs> i just sort of yeah. look at it and remind myself and get some power from it and make myself laugh a little bit and stuff it's fuck it. it's like very good self love like it's a really good way to love yourself and then also make your life better okay so
0: yeah, I yeah. A picture you like stand out of your hallway <laughs> like just, going up the wall like
1: <laughs> yes i'm like hey like talking to all the sections what are you guys doing so okay. high, five, so high five high five high exactly. five <laughs> tiny high fives for everyone all right you, all right you, gorgeous gorgeous we, cute, love, you all so we love you all so much see you, you later couldn't love you more see you later now that i see your face i know but i don't want to anymore goodbye (laughs)
0: goodbye see you later love you Goodbye!
1: goodbye goodbye